Hello, dear guests. Slightly more recent Christina here with a quick content warning. In this episode, there are mentions of child death, blood, vomiting, and death. I've put timestamps for these in the description, and if that's not something you're comfortable listening to, I completely understand if you want to skip this episode. Hopefully you can check in for the next one. That's all I've got for now, so let's get started with the episode. Hello, my name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home for Wayward OCs. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, bad, and the self-inserts. Today, our guest is my friend Alan. Alan, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you, Christina? Uh, it's actually spring now, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Spring is in the air, and so are the allergies. Hopefully you're not suffering yes. from that. Thankfully not. I got all my allergies in, like, March. <laughs> nice. So, Alan, who are we going to be talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about my DC Comics original character, Dr. Soren Summers. Mm-hmm. Now, fun fact, dear listeners, when Alan first proposed this character to me for an episode and was describing him, I was just going down the box and ticking, yes, 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 of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much... It's not a self-insert, but it's it's he's a very, lot of your favorite things. He's a lot of my favorite things, and he's a lot of what I aspire to be. So I I really do have a very special and fond place in my heart for Soren. All right. Well, do you want to tell us a little bit about maybe the context for Soren, like what world he was made for, and a little bit about maybe who he is because you were looking up alternate earths before we started recording and that's something that we should get established before we go to need. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so the DC multiverse consists of, well, after the new 52, 52 multiverses. Um, and they're each labeled as earth one, two, three, etc. Uh, Soren is on earth 19, which is kind of a Victorian era steampunk, uh, type of a world. Uh, it is most prominently featured in Batman Gotham by Gaslight, okay. um, which is a fantastic graphic novel. Um, I really like the Elseworlds books, which are where they take the heroes that you think you know and then twist them. So, like, what if Alan Scott had actually been Green Lantern instead of Hal Jordan? So, the Golden Age. Green Lantern it had been there instead. Been a lot better with a lot less womanizing. Yeah, with a lot less womanizing and grossness. Um, also, it should be said that Kyle Rayner is my favorite Lantern. Um, he's the artist. He's my favorite too. Um, it, it is unfortunate that his storyline is where the term fridging comes from. Yes, but, that is very unfortunate. <laughs> but uh, he is still a very, very good boy, and I love me some Kyle. Um, Soren, on the other hand, he is, uh, he lives in London and kind of the way I saw this happening is there is no real Green Lantern for Earth-19, like it's never been established who that is. So in my mind, instead of there being a core, it is one person. 
So one person got the green power battery that gave them the green ring and they became the Green Lantern. The some of the more recent uh, after the new 52 introduced the emotional spectrum, which introduced red, yellow, orange, uh, blue, indigo and violet lanterns. Violet had been there for a while and white and black. Uh, Violet had been there for a while with the star sapphires, but they finally like gave them a name other than star sapphire, which was the name of the actual person. But we won't go there. Yeah, that's. Um, that's that's a topic for a podcast about explaining things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, me being me, my favorite is blue, which they are the core of hope. Yes. Um, they they function with the power of hope. So in in my concept, the Green Lantern was not sent to Earth. The Green Lantern is somewhere else on some other planet, but instead the blue lantern found its way to earth um soren is a doctor he is an md um and kind of where it joined him in the story he was uh tending to a sick child of a uh, baron and baroness and they were kind of older past childbearing age you know victorian standards um and the son was the only heir and he had consumption and so soren not the consumption. Not the consumption. Um, but Soren was, you know, bound and determined to heal him. And, you know, it was that's his job. That's his calling is to heal and to comfort. And he got accosted by some, like, ruffians who are working for an opposing family. Uh, the, the family were the Westbrooks. Um, and so... They were like, hey, you should let the kid die. If you do, we won't kill you. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry. I I have my Hippocratic Oath. I can do no harm. I cannot kill this child. Because they wanted him to kill him, like, immediately. So they beat him up. And when he's walking home, um, that's when he sees a blue light in an alleyway. And the blue light calls to him. Soren Summers of Earth-19, you have the ability to instill great hope. Welcome to the Blue Lanterns. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes from there. Okay, so was Soren created for a role-playing game or just because? Or He was actually created in probably the strangest way I've ever created a character. Okay. I wanted to do a cosplay of a steampunk Blue Lantern. Okay. And I started designing him. Um, I actually made a top hat for him. I made a vest. I own, already owned a tux with tails. Um, I had some like patent leather shoes. Um, and I got this old antique lantern. It's really pretty. It like slopes up the sides. It's got butterflies kind of surrounding it. Um, I wired it with blue LEDs, frosted out all of the glass. So I could turn on the LEDs and the whole thing would just emit light, um, which was, I love building like props when I do cosplay. It's like my favorite okay. thing. Um, and so I was putting this together and his story just started writing in my head. 
And he, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's Soren Summers because it has to be alliterative. Yes, um, it has to be a Summers. <laughs> it has to be a Summers because, again, I'm me. And uh, for those of you that don't quite know, that is a nod <laughs> to Scott Summers or Jean Grey Summers, uh, who are my favorite some of my favorite characters in Marvel Comics. Gene is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love Scott a lot. So he started, his stories started getting written in my head. You know, that yeah. he he wasn't necessarily the hero that would always be there to punch the big bad. That's what Wonder Woman's for. He's there to solve the smaller problems. He's okay. there to be a comfort and be a light for people who are lost or wayward. So the mom friend taking off another the mom box. friend. Yep. <laughs> and you talking about how I didn't know that you actually had made Soren for a cosplay, which mm-hmm. brings me to the question. Are you cosplaying Soren in the art for cool kids table no oddly um it's kind of funny because shannon was just like i'm gonna put you in steampunk and i look over at my soren costume and i'm like yeah sure that's great (laughs) i love steampunk um so it was kind of a happy accident actually um but yeah i've always wanted to play soren in something if if i ever were to get into a dc role-playing game soren would come out um but yeah I cannot necessarily speak for your entire social circle, but where our social circles on Twitter overlap is a veritable hive of role players. So that's fair. Don't be surprised if you get some tweets after this episode. That's fair. <laughs> Tweet at me, at me, guys. Um, but no, I also like. I even have thoughts about um, the just in this earth. It would be the Justice Society of America, okay. um, or. Maybe not even, I think it was the justice, the International Justice Society is what I've landed on. Okay. Um, because since it was Victorian, I really wanted there to be a British focus, but obviously the rest of the world does exist. Um, so in my mind, it was one hero from every major continent, okay. pretty much, that formed the International Justice Society. Okay. Um, Europe kind of cheated. We got two. Um, me... And Wonder Woman from Greece. Okay. Um, they're like the version of Ant Man uh, came from China. The version of the Flash came from South America. Um, I'm trying to think of who else I had on there. Uh, North America, Africa, and Australia slash Pacific Islands. Or Batman all was of, all of the Pacific. Batman was America. Was North America. Um, Africa was Green Arrow, I think. You're and Superman and Green Arrow, or like Black Canary or Aquaman. There was no Superman. Aquaman was okay. from Australia. Okay. Um, but Wonder Woman is in the Superman role. She's the one that forged the league. Amen to that, man. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Since you're here to talk about Soren, you don't necessarily have to go into more detail if you want to. But, like, what kind of, like, what's the dynamic for the International Justice Society? Is it more like, is it kind of, kind of just like a friendlier, more sociable Justice League? Yes, um, it's much more democratic. It's much more, we all have our own problems in our own nations. Let's talk about them. Let's prioritize. Um this Batman smiles like he 
he isn't super doom and gloom. Like, obviously his parents died because it can't be Batman without his parents dying. Yeah, fair. But he's actually found comfort in these friends. And he's allowed himself to kind of come out of that dark place um, because he's made friends with all these people. So, but Soren is definitely the mom friend. He goes on missions sometimes, depending on what they need. If it's more of a, you know, infiltration or a social mission. Um, If it's a battle mission, he stays in the back and they come back to him and he heals them and then they go back out. Does he use lay on hands? Healing word? Uh, Well... One of the Blue Lantern's powers that no other light has is the ability to heal. Again, another Alan Vox. Again, it's me. <laughs> so do, that brings us to the question of, does Soren look like you? Yes and no. Um, he's shorter than I am. I mean, every, at this point, everyone is kind of shorter than you, Alan. <laughs> Very true. Um, he does have a beard. Um Oddly, I've never decided his ethnicity because in my head, like that just never mattered. I never thought about it. Um, So really, he could be any ethnicity. Um, The only reason why I know he has a beard is in his quote unquote first appearance that I wrote. Um, It was snowing and the snow was catching in his beard um, because he was trying to run and get away from these thugs and um, like his hat blew off. But um but yeah, he, he's always dressed very sharply um, because he is a doctor, so he has to present well. Um, but most of his salary, he usually like gives away to charity. Um, he does a lot of pro bono work. So even though he yep. dresses really nicely, he doesn't actually have a lot of money. I mean, not that he, not, he doesn't have money because he is using it to benefit others, not because he just doesn't have access to it. Exactly. So he's those people. He's that kind of person where, like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, I only need to live on about ten percent of my paycheck, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna put five percent away, maybe in a bank if I feel like it. Yeah, and he funds like soup kitchens around the city, and um, but he does it anonymously. Okay. Uh, he also at those same uh, like. Homeless shelters, essentially. He has, like, free clinics set up that he'll come to once a week um, so that he can tend people and them not have to worry about it. Good for Soren, single-handedly saving healthcare. Trying. <laughs> Does Soren want to come to the present day by any chance? <laughs> I wish. Um, also, I have or I have entertained, I haven't written anything down for it, but I have entertained him coming to Earth Prime. Um and honestly, a lot of Mallory in grayscale comes from some of the research I was doing about how Soren would react to modern technology and modern things. So I can see that because Soren has existed. Good Lord. I, hmm, I think I made him back in 2011, 2012. So okay. he's been around in my head for a while. Okay. What out of curiosity is your what are some of your favorite plot points that have happened with Soren in the things that you have created for him? That his sister is the Red Lantern. Oh, okay. So, essentially, uh, Soren's parents are still alive. And he, his dad is kind of a layabout 
Um, he was a little bit abusive, which is one of the reasons why Soren wanted to pursue medicine and learn how to make people better and not hurt them. Um, and so a little ways in Soren's mother, like they come back and they find, no, no, no. It was at a musical. Like they were going to a show, they were going to a theater and the mother stepped away to like get their tickets and then there was a rustle and a tumble and they look and she's been stabbed and her what? purse has been stolen. Oh boy. So this is after Soren has become a blue lantern. So he almost blows his cover um, by trying to heal his mother, but she's already gone. Oh. Um, but like a piece of her joins with the blue light. So like she's with Soren, like a part of her spirit almost kind of combines with the blue light and enters his power battery. Okay. Um, so like he can still communicate with her, but he can't tell anybody he can do that. And oh boy. when that happened for his sister, she broke. Um, she went insane in the most literal way possible. Um, oh she tracked down the man who murdered our mother and the scene is Soren kind of walking into an alley coming after his sister and there's just blood everywhere and her footprints in the snow are just the blood red footprints like she looks like a feral creature oh boy and then this red light appears and says you know you have great rage in your heart um you are Red Lantern. And so she becomes a Red Lantern and it becomes kind of a, it becomes kind of a, she's not entirely wrong most of the time, but Soren has to get her off the path of doing it with death and destruction and violence. Um, like wrong, her wrong, wrong methods, not motivations. Exactly. Her, her intentions are good. But the way she goes about it is poisoned by the ring, and she refuses to let Soren take it off her, because that's another power that the Blue Lanterns have, is they can heal a Red Lantern. Because when you become a Red Lantern, you actually vomit all your blood up. Oh, yeah. I've and your that. blood is replaced with red plasma that comes from the ring. And if the ring is taken off of you, you no longer have blood in your body, and you die. Yikes. So um, she was like, she didn't want to be healed from it. And so they are constantly at odds of Soren having to like stop her from doing what she feels is cleaning up the city, but it's actually just causing more mayhem and more destruction. And she's not thinking straight. Like ultimately, like down the line, I didn't want him to heal her, but I wanted them to kind of become a balance for each other and that they work together more often than they don't. Like it starts out as an antagonistic relationship because she thinks, oh, he just wants to change me. He just wants to make me the way I was where I was powerless. But then it kind of shifts to where it's like, oh, no, he respects me. He just doesn't want to see me get hurt. Yeah. That makes sense. And that is a very interesting dynamic to do, putting a different spin on the sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. What about, are there any, are there appearances from any other of the Lantern Corps? Um, 
I don't think so, at least not that I've thought of. Um, I toyed a little bit with um, Indigo. But the problem kind of with Indigo is they are the worst criminals in the galaxy that are Indigo because you put the ring on an Indigo and it makes them feel compassion. So it's kind of the ultimate punishment for criminals in the DC universe is, yep. oh, you you have no empathy or compassion? Put on this ring. Now you feel bad for every single horrible thing you've ever done. That's not problematic at all, DC. Nope. And I've thought about that and I toyed with it being like, you know, a serial killer like Jack the Ripper winds up with an indigo ring. Oh, boy. But it hasn't gone much farther than that. Um, most of the, the lantern focus has been on Soren is blue um, and Tabitha, his sister, is red. Interesting. Do you have any other favorite story beats for Soren? Perhaps ones that are maybe a little bit happier than than sister's origin story um, as yeah. a villain. So I think his first mission, or really the League's first mission, or the Justice, the International Justice Society's first mission, um, is to stop Dark side. Okay. Woof. <laughs> so Dark Side was an alien that came down and he was just like, oh, your planet hasn't uh, accelerated as much as it should have. I'm going to fix that. And kind of doing the whole altruistic, let me help you, but ultimately it would, you know, lead, lead to destruction. Yep. Wonder Woman saw through it. Um, Good for her. That's the reason why she kind of assembled the League. Um, and one one League member that I forgot, because this guy actually is an Earth-19, it's their version of Ant-Man. No, I did. No, he was yeah, from China. you did say Ant-Man. Yeah, uh, but he's, or not Ant-Man, Adam. Um, but he's called uh, the Shrinking Man. Like, it, it, they okay. all seem to have very much, like, almost very, very circus names. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think Wonder Woman was the Wondrous Woman. Um, but I was like, that's a little clunky. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, yeah. But they're actually their first mission against Darkseid, where they all get to like exhibit their powers. And even though they're really just meeting, there is a teamwork and a camaraderie because of a common goal that they handily take care of Darkseid by playing to each other's strengths and pinpointing weakness and um, you know, basically Darkseid is like, okay, this world is, you know, way too much and I don't like this and okay, bye. And he, <laughs> he goes away. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the fun ones because at the end of that story was when Batman would first smile Aww. is, uh, I was uh, like, Soren was going to be patching him up and like Wonder Woman was going to be talking about something and he was going to just look around and go, so this is what friends are like and smile. And I was like, <laughs> you just like throwing like giant world ending monstrosities and groups of superheroes out on their first time huh <laughs> gotta prove your metal somehow right that's true but <laughs> dark side dark side soul invictus <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh man well i can't complain too much <laughs> also the whole don't don't make the GM mad, but that's not necessarily See, relevant to this podcast. <laughs> and I'm not a vengeful yeah. GM. I'm not that kind. So No. 
I know you mentioned that you have you've gotten some stuff written for Soren. So is Soren more of a like established in written media besides you like like you said earlier coming up with a cosplay for Soren? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um I have a Google Doc folder that's essentially dedicated to him. Um, just every so often I'll get an idea and I'll just jot it down. And most of them are just not even complete thoughts. It's just like, this would be cool. Or, you know, I'm kind of interested in doing this. One of the first things I came up with him, came up with for him though, was the Blue Lantern Oath is very, very specific as far as timeline goes. Um, because there's a line in there that's, uh, when all is lost in the war of light, which the War of Light was the event that the Blue Lanterns were introduced in. Mm-hmm. In Earth-19, the War of Light never happened. Okay. So that line doesn't really make sense anymore. So the oath became, In fearful day, in raging night, with strong hearts full, our souls ignite. When, when darkness comes to steal your sight, look to the stars, for hope burns bright. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that still rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Fine. So... And and I was very happy. That was one of the first things I came up with for him. Um, Because the other thing about Blue Lanterns is they're supposed to go through this whole interview process. And, like, they are the only core that has one. Really? So what happens is... They should bring that into, like, the rest of superhero dumb in general. So essentially what happens is you get chosen by the ring and you get transported to the Blue Lantern homeworld of Odem. And you don't receive your symbol right away. Like, you're in the costume, but it's just a white circle on your chest. Do the Green Lanterns do something similar? Because I feel like I've seen pictures of, like, oh, hey, this is reboot Hal Jordan's first time on Oa, so he doesn't have his Green Lantern logo yet. Yes, but theirs is all about, like, training and punching each other and combat. This is three days on Odem of self-reflection, guided meditation, um, and really contemplating the meaning of hope and whether or not you want to be a lantern. Because for the greens, you don't get a choice. You're it. Yeah. For the blues, ultimately, if you don't want to be a blue lantern, that means you were never meant to be one. So you can give the ring back and the ring will go find someone else. Okay. Uh, because we actually saw the effect of someone losing hope. There there was a big arc that was the death of the Blue Lanterns. Odom got attacked by the something, the flood. No, that's Halo. Um, it was some <laughs> Blue Beetle enemy. Um, the Scarabs, I think. And this one Blue Lantern got freaked and he flew away. And as he was flying over the treetops, the ring, like the little speech bubble for the ring popped up and it said, no hope detected, seeking another bearer and flew off his hand in the middle of his flight and he plummeted to his death. Oh gosh, yikes. So that's one of the reasons why they screen (laughs) is to make sure that A, you understand what hope is, B, you are worthy to wield the power and see if you don't want to do it, you have a chance to say this is too much for me. Yeah, I I really appreciate the whole screening process, especially because it's not something that you see a lot in really any kind of media in which people are selected to fill a big, any kind of a big potentially world saving role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 
that does I don't remember like ever seeing that in any kind of a movie unless it's like oh well like this this generic Tom Cruise character was a soldier at some point so he must have gotten yeah interviewed and trained in some capacity but like but like a superhero it's usually just oh i chose to be this i crafted the suit i did whatever or it was thrust upon me and now i have to that's one of the things in all of the the blue lanterns are so diverse and interesting Mm -hmm. um so brother warth uh we'll start with brother warth he basically looks like um is he ganesh he's ganesh he's the uh the, the elephant um, St. Walker, who is the leader of the Blue Lanterns, has like a giant head tail. Um, oh, yeah. He's Blue got a leku. <laughs> yeah, he's got a leku. Blue Lanterns are mostly alien. Um, there are a lot of female Blue Lanterns, male Blue Lanterns, non-binary or non-representing. This, mm-hmm. Like the, the representation in the Blue Lantern Corps is so much stronger I feel than any other core, which is crazy because the universe is huge. And yet when you look at the Green Lanterns, you still mostly see dudes. I mean, to be fair, there is a planet that's a Green Lantern. Yes, Mogo. He is my favorite Green Lantern who's not Kyle Rayner. But at the same time, I can understand because like Green Lanterns, it seems like they're mostly like, there's like the 10, maybe it's up to 10 by this point, humans who have been Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. As chosen by a ring and not crafted a lantern and a ring out of a meteor that's allergic to wood. Yep. Allergic um, to the color yellow. And wood. But uh, I don't know enough about the other core to know if there's diversity. Well, so I'm going to take your word for it. Well, and I mean, it, it it's kind of dependent. For example, the star sapphires are exclusively female, which is awesome. Except that it's tied to the emotion of love, and so it's kind of feminizing. It's kind of almost weirdly patronizing. I feel like I've seen some. I feel like I feel like. Well, no, I guess that was probably fan art. I was about to say I've seen like cosplays and fan arts of male star sapphires, which are awesome. Um, but especially in the original run, their costumes were just like super revealing and like unnecessarily sexualized. Um, yep. the Indigo tribe were coded as, um, as natives, as, um, indigenous people. So yeah. there were lots of staves and lots of body paint and mm-hmm. lots of the, like generic, like lots of generic tabards. Yes. Um, so going down the list, then you have orange, which is only one who is Larflees. Yes. God bless Larflees. Listener, go pick up the Green Lantern Christmas special where Larflees decides that he is going to kidnap Santa because Santa can give Larflees everything he wants, which is everything. Um, It's beautiful. Um, Then you have the Yellow Lanterns, which are led by Sinestro. There's there's some there, but it's mostly just like monstrous aliens. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be bad guys. And then you have red, which I think, honestly, is probably the most diverse after blue, um, because they literally have a kitty cat that is a red lantern. Dexstar. He's such a good kitty. Um, But they also handle it in a different or an interesting way is when you become a red lantern, when you vomit up everything, you kind of lose yourself unless you bathe in the blood lake on their planet. And then you get your humanity back. Well, humanity. Um, And the only... 
the only two people that have done this is Atrocitus and Blease. And Blease was an essentially angel. Like, they were humanoids that had, like, giant hawk wings. Okay. And when she became a Red Lantern, all of the feathers burned off her wings, so oh, she has bone I've wings. I, think, I feel like I've seen Blease then. She's very cool. And she dipped in the in the lake, and, like, her and Atrocitus are kind of... Because Reds oftentimes, while they are bad guys, they're also not bad guys. Atrocitus's rage is a righteous rage. It was his family was murdered in front of him. Okay. Um, so, like, they, they play with that a lot, which I really appreciate. And they don't just be like, okay, anger is evil. So, But then sometimes they forget that, and it's just like, oh, little Red Lantern's here. <laughs> oh, boy. Are the Lantern Corps something that you would have wanted to, or that you would want to maybe address in Soren's story, like... Would there be a theoretical, Um, let's have all the core have a giant house crash party on Earth, and surprise, Soren's playing host. (laughs) Well, and I have have thought about that. I've thought about what happens when all seven colors unite, um, which would create the White Lantern. Um, I wouldn't necessarily want to go with the whole Blackest Night thing, because I'm I'm not big on zombies, but I like the idea of there being some sort of threat that requires the seven light bearers to combine their light into one, Mm -hmm. um, which I think would spawn a, like a, an entity, like it wouldn't be a white ring. It would be an entity made of white light. Okay. Um, but I've also thought about Soren basically using his power battery since it combined with his mother's spirit to create more blue rings. Okay. And that because hope is eternal and hope kind of runs through everything, that's how they stay energized is they stay energized by giving hope to others. Mm-hmm. And he could make kind of a blue lantern core of sorts, um, but probably just here on earth. Yeah. Just go around the list of like, hey, you're a nice doctor that I know. You get a ring. Yeah, you get a ring. Just don't <laughs> tell anybody about it. And you get a ring, and you get a ring, and then he's just Oprah. Yep. <laughs> oh boy, now I'm just picturing Oprah handing out power rings, and that's fantastic. That is fantastic. I mean, it's not like completely out of the question, but you never know. Oh no, and I would be banging down the door to get one, so. <laughs> Hello, Miss Oprah, please, may I have a power <laughs> ring? Please, I, I have a lot of hope. You don't understand the amount of hope I have in my heart. It's a lot. And in my apartment. And in my apartment. I already have, I actually have a power battery behind me. So. Yes, and I, I, I've seen many times you're like, you've got like your bookmarks on yep, the I've, thing behind you. Yeah. Yep, I've got my triptych. So. Oh, yeah. And I even, for listeners who obviously can't see it because this is an audio medium, yes. it's uh, it's an image of basically the leader of each of the cores. Um, and because I'm that guy, I got a bunch of Christmas lights, wrapped them around, and then pulled the lights out and then matched the color with um, the core. So it now goes in Roy G. Biv. Um, yeah. Again, that, w- that was me commenting for the listeners because, yes, I can see this. I have seen this background many times. <laughs> <laughs> and before you at me, yes, I know it's now Roy G. Biv. And indigo is no longer a thing, but the indigo tribe is still a thing, so. Well, 
Somehow I don't think I'd heard about that, but that's that's fine. It's whatever. It's not like I'm an artist who grew up learning Roy G. Biv or whatever. Right? I'm not salty at all. It's like when they downgraded Pluto as a planet. It's like, okay, but why do? I don't know. Because space. And honestly, just let NASA have what they want at this point. Seriously. NASA needs more money. Fund those good space people. Yes. But back on topic to Soren. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, out of curiosity, how do you see yourself in Soren? Besides, besides Soren Summers, who is the mom friend and likes the color blue and is generally hopeful and protects people and is friendly and keep going down the list. <laughs> he he is the idealized version of myself. Like he, he is someone who can handle confrontation, who can deal with injustice and stand up and do what's right in a way that is still kind and loving, which don't, don't sell yourself short, Alan. You, you can do those things too. I, and I know. And, and it's one of those things where it allows – and one of the things that I like about making characters, whether it's for D&D or just, you know, a cosplay or whatever, is it allows you to kind of explore a different part of yourself because all these characters are parts of us. And so this allowed me to explore the, you know, Alan who was constantly bullied when he was a kid and – now I've made this character who can stand up to bullies and say, no, what you're doing is wrong and you will listen to me. And that has given me more confidence to, you know, be able to stand up and, you know, if I overhear someone say something racist to go, hey, that's racist. Why did you say that? That's not okay. And that's always good to, it's always good to be able to not necessarily like find yourself through your characters, but Oh, but that's a that's a big part of it, I think. And I, I think meant not, I meant not in like the in the mystic like mm. go into the wilderness and have a vision quest and seek yourself through this original character that you made when you were thirteen or whatever. I know you were not thirteen mm-hmm. in twenty eleven. <laughs> yeah, but I, and I completely feel you. And the other thing is, you know, it's fun. It's Oh, yeah. There are some characters that I've made that I'm like, they're wittier than I am. And I have to stop myself and go, no, you are witty when you play that character. The wittiness is yours. You just feel more comfortable being witty when you're wearing that character's skin. So I I always think... Do you want me to try another take on that phrasing, Alan? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that's always how I've thought of it. I think, actually, I think I do know why I think of it that way. So I have a lot of um, Native American heritage. And one of the things that they would always talk about in my tribe is, you know, the skin changer. The the person, the kind of the, and not necessarily a monster, but it's usually some form of spe- person that's kind of mixed with a spirit that had the ability to put on different skins. So that's kind of where that came from whenever I'm thinking about like characters and things like that is I'm stepping into their skin. Okay. I, I let myself become that person, even though that person is still me. Thank you for providing that context. When you said step in, when you said step into someone else's skin, my thought was 
unzipping and aliens. <laughs> and very glad that it was not meant that way. Or or Silence of the Lambs? I actually have never seen or read Silence of the Lambs. Don't at me, please. <laughs> Out of curiosity, has Soren made it into any other fictional works or really anything else that you've done or created or talked about or literally anything? No, but I'd like him to. Um, like I said, I would love to do uh, a, a game with Soren. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun uh, because Soren is very sassy, which I also really like. He's a sassy doctor. <laughs> Um, I do know that he's also queer. Um, he has a boyfriend, um, which they kind of do have to keep it secret because it's Victorian era. Um, but his dad is actually cool with his boyfriend, which was cool. And so is his sister. Like his family was supportive, but you know, society isn't. Um, so like, I want to do more with Soren. I just haven't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, that's okay. Believe Believe me, I have characters that I can talk about whenever I decide to do another episode where I talk about my own characters who were literally just made for like this one period in time and then really nothing else ever happened with them. But Well, if you want a character that I have done everything under the sun with, you'll have to have me back on to talk about Mara. Well, I will be having you back on at some point, probably several more points in the future, <laughs> if we're being honest here. Yeah. And I'll be happy every single time. Good to know. Last question that I have on here is, why do you love Soren so much? Or at least like Soren so much, depending on whichever phrase you want to use. I do love Soren. I I will drop the big L word. He, like I said, he's kind of an idealized me. He's a confident, kind, empathetic person that also will stand up for injustices and takes no bull but he's also just he's just a fun character he wants to be happy and be hopeful and move forward he's he's very much a progressive character in that he doesn't want his story to be over and it's really weird to talk about him like this but like (laughs) Sometimes I'll just be doing something else and I'll I'll be like, oh man, I haven't I haven't thought of Soren in a little while. What is what does he want to do? And like it'll just <laughs> pop back up and his story moves forward. So That's always so fun to have happen with a character. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Alan, so much for coming on today and talking about Soren. It's been great having you on. It's been a blast being here. Thank you. That's that is always good to hear. <laughs> so what out of curiosity, do you want to promote on the internet? Where can people find you if you want to be found? Just like with Jake, I'm going to take another drink because I know this is going to be a while. So go ahead. My hub is at Alan underscore cells on Twitter. Uh, so I am the game master on Pokemon World Tour United. Yes, I do all the Pokemon voices. They're fantastic. Go listen to it. Thank you. Um, I'm a cast member on the Cool Kids Table, Forging Worlds, Hard Reboot. Um, I am a cast member with Christina on Lost Library Grayscale. And I am starting soon a Lost Library game of my own uh, called Mistborn Dissonant Harmonies. The Home for Wayward OCs can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. 
Our theme is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at waywardocpod or through the waywardocpod hashtag. You can also email us at waywardocpod at gmail.com. And we are still, we are always interested in new guests to talk about their original characters on the show. However, in, in the interest of full disclosure, we do have guest reserved through the end of June. So you're more than welcome to get in contact with us about talking about your original characters on the show. It just might not be for a couple of months, but we are still interested. And since this is still, I think you could still say that it's still, we're still starting out here. So if you are so inclined, uh, we would really appreciate uh, it if you guys could drop a review on your listening platform of choice, because that helps us to be more seen through whatever arcane software algorithms there are on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher. And that way then we can, uh, more people can find us and we can brighten more people's days. So thank you all for listening. This has been Hope for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Being a surgeon is just stabbing people back to life. Yes, very true.